the last of the mountaintop wisdom, which is, it's been a really good series, really good. It is well worth um, looking at, going back and looking over it, it really is well worth it. Um, I was just thinking about this this morning, and it's nothing to do with my preach, but um, it keeps coming back to me, so I thought, I'll just mention it. So... Yesterday, I went to pick my mum up from the airport. And um, <clears throat> I don't know if you, you know, you, you probably have done this, where you've gone to the airport, you stood there and you're waiting, and, you, and there's people coming through the doors, constantly coming through, and you're like, in anticipation of like the person that you're waiting for to come through those doors. And just like, I was getting, I was actually getting a lot of pleasure from seeing people being welcomed as they came through and just like and seeing like the faces when they saw the family when they saw the friends and children running up to their mum saying mum it's been ages and things like that and um and people come in with flowers as they're giving them out to the person that they've been waiting for and and I was just thinking about this I was thinking that um I wonder, like, you know, when Jesus sees us, like, welcoming one another, loving one another, being generous to one another, and I was thinking the pleasure that he must feel when he sees that. So that's what I was thinking about this morning, so it's nothing to do with what I'm preaching, but I was just, like, really encouraged by that, and I just thought, do you know what, this is something that can just, just to be encouraged by that, that we delight the heart of God yeah. when we welcome one another. We delight the heart of God when we notice one another, we receive one another. Um, and that's who we're supposed to be as children of God and the family of God. Um, so let me get onto the preach. So this is the last part of the mountaintop wisdom preach. Um, so Jesus has been speaking to the crowds. And he started off in chapter 5. So we've gone from chapter 5, now we're in chapter 7. So it's a really long preach. It's like the longest bit of like speaking that's actually recorded in the Bible over those chapters. So now we're at the end of chapter 7. And it is an amazing passage of scripture, the heart of a father who longs for his children to be like him. These teachings of Jesus helps us, guides us to, to live out our lives, to walk as children of the living God. And at the start of this sermon, when Jesus starts speaking to the crowds, he talks about how his father draws close to those who are marginalized, who are poor in spirit, who are struggling in some way, who have suffered some, in some way. He tells us that we are salt and light in this world and how we live really does matter. How you live your life really does matter. You know, when we, we bless people by living our lives well, it says that, and Jesus is saying that, that when we live our lives well, it causes people to praise God and give glory to God. Jesus says, it's not enough to just not murder. But we should not be angry towards our brothers and sisters. Jesus teaches us in this passage about, about sexual sin. 
It says it's not enough to just not commit adultery, but we should treat one another's bodies with respect, not lustfully or not to even allow our minds to go down that, that path or we have to be careful about the things that we look at. Jesus teaches us that we are to love and to be faithful and to be honest with one another. In marriage, we are to be committed to one another in the same way that Jesus is committed to us, that he is always faithful towards us no matter what. He never stops being faithful to us. And that's how we should be with one another. Jesus challenges us that that our lives have a purpose, that we are here for more than what we can get, for more than what we can own, that there is a purpose over our lives and there is nothing in this world that we can desire that lasts, but the kingdom of God is everlasting. And this is our future hope, and we get to be a part of it. We get to be part of the kingdom of God that goes on forever and ever and ever. So when we choose to seek first the kingdom of God, Jesus says we don't need to worry. We don't need to strive. In this passage, Jesus teaches us how to pray, honoring our Father in heaven, praying for forgiveness when we have been unfaithful to God. And and he challenges us to be the same towards other people, to, to forgive other people the way he forgives us. Our Father in heaven knows what we need. And he listens to us when we pray. And he responds to us. Jesus teaches us about the kind of attitude we should have towards worldly riches. That it's not possible to to run after the, the kingdom of God wholeheartedly if we're pursuing worldly riches and they're consuming our hearts and our desires. He talks about treating people with kindness, not being judgmental, but treat them how we want to be treated. When we're struggling, we find things difficult. We want grace, we want love, we want help and support. That's how we should be treating other people. These passages of scripture stretches us and challenges us to the core, teaches to go against the flow of society in which we live, We find that the messages of the world, that the world gives us, constantly saying to us, live how you want, as long as it makes you happy, just do what you want to do. But Jesus says there is a more excellent way to live. That actually, he gives us all that we need to live life in all his fullness when we live in obedience to him. His teachings tests our hearts, challenges our motives, so that we see what it looks like to live a God-given life, the life that we were created for. When we see and we read these teachings and the things that Jesus is saying, is to inspire our hearts to say, Jesus, I want to live like you. I want this to change me. I want this to transform me, to have its work in my heart and in my life.
Jesus loves us because of his faithfulness and his compassion towards us. He loves us, but he's always faithful to us. No matter what, he loves us. And he, and because of his love for us, and because of his compassion towards us, because of his faithfulness towards us, he wants to teach you how to live. He wants you to know what it looks like to live right. He wants you to know what it is to make the right choices in life. Because he loves you. He doesn't want you to go down the wrong path. But he talks about going through the narrow gate. He gives us choices. He gives us options. And he says, it's up to you to choose. But choose the narrow gate. I will be with you in there. Choose that. So here we are, the last part of the teaching. So all of that from chapter 5, Matthew chapter 5. So in chapter 7, I'm going to read the passage that ends the wisdom, the mountaintop wisdom. So in Matthew 7, verse 15, it says this. Watch out for false prophets. They come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly there are ferocious wolves. And by their fruit, you will recognize them. Do people pick grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Likewise, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, and a bad tree cannot bear good fruit. Every tree that comes, every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Thus, By their fruit, you will recognize them. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and in your name drive out demons and in your name perform many miracles? Then I will plainly tell them, I never knew you. Away from me, you evildoers. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house. Yet it did not fall because it had its foundations on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice, is like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. When Jesus had finished saying these things, the crowds were amazed at his teaching, because he taught as one who had authority, and not as their teacher's. Of the law. So Jesus has been teaching the crowds on how to live. And he ends his teaching by telling the crowds that now that they have heard how to live, now they have heard these teachings, they now have to start putting it into practice to do the things that Jesus talked about. 
Jesus says, put my words into practice. Do what I have said. Because when you do, it produces good fruit. It reveals you are a child of God. And it establishes a solid foundation in your life. Jesus says, watch out for those false prophets. You will recognize them by the fruits. He said, don't listen to them. They come to you looking like you, but they are not. They're not sheep like you. They're deceiving you by dressing up like you, saying the things that you recognize, saying the things that sound like what you should be hearing. But through their disguise, you will know that they're false by the fruit that they produce. Jesus says that not everyone who says, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of God. That sounds pretty brutal, doesn't it? False prophets, lives don't match up to what they're saying. They're disobedient to what the scriptures say. Jesus calls them evildoers, and and even though they look like they're doing the right thing and saying the right things, they're disobedient. And Jesus does not recognize them, does not know them. Jesus goes on to describe what kind of lives we will have if we put into practice the words that he has spoken to us and live according to his teachings. He calls us wise when we live like this. When we build our lives on what he says, we are building our lives on a solid foundation. What's really important for us to know at the end of this teaching series is that it's really important how we live our lives. It really matters to Jesus how we live our lives. It's really important that when you go away today, when you go and have your Monday morning, your Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, it's important that you think about what has Jesus been speaking into your heart and into your lives? What have you been hearing? And am I living that way? Am I being obedient to what he is saying to me? I want to take us to Matthew 21, verse 28 to 32. It's a parable of two sons. It says that Jesus says this. What do you think? There was a man who had two sons. He went to the first and said, Son, go and work today in the vineyard. I will not, he answered. But later he changed his mind and went. Then the father went to the other son and said the same thing. He answered, I will, sir, but but he did not go. Which of the two sons did what his father wanted? The first, they answered, Jesus said to them, truly I tell you, the tax collectors and the prostitutes are entering the kingdom of God ahead of you. For John came to show you the way of the righteous, the way of righteousness, and you did not believe him, but the tax collectors and the prostitutes did. And even after you saw this, you did not repent and believe him. Looking sound and saying wise words is meaningless if we don't do what Jesus has asked us to do. It won't matter how clever sounding you are. Unless we are obedient, it won't even matter what we believe. 
Even the devil believes in Jesus. If you want your life to be fruitful, if you want to be known by our heavenly father as a son or daughter, if you want to live with confidence on a solid and firm foundation, Jesus says we need to listen to his words and do it. Live it. So obedience produces good fruit. There are two kinds of prophets here, a true prophet and a false prophet. And we can tell the difference by the, by the fruit that it produces, by the fruit that they produce. And Jesus says that the false prophets are like ferocious wolves. They will lead you astray when we think about wolves. And their whole motive is to take us away from the pack so that we can, the herd of sheep, so that we can be alone and we can be attacked and vulnerable. Ferocious wolves steal, kill, and destroy. They won't want to break us up, lie to us, to bind us up. But true prophets bring us closer to Jesus. We know and we can experience what it's like to be in the presence of those who are true prophets. Because it changes our hearts and our lives. And we think, yes, Jesus, I want to be more like you. A false prophet may make you think, oh, do you know what? I want to be more like you. I want to be more like that person. But a true prophet makes you feel like, I want to be more like Jesus. Brings you closer to Jesus. We can tell the fruit of, of, of the prophet's lives by the way that they live their lives, the things that they say. What are they doing? In John 15, 7 to 8, it says, if you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. Jesus says that by being in him and he in her, us, we will produce fruit. We are to remain in him by listening to his words and living them out. Making them part of our lives. Making his word part of our lives. Acts, in Acts 17, Paul talks about when he goes and visits the, the Berean Jews. And they were described to be of more noble character than the Thessalonians. They were talking about the Thessalonians. Of, oh, they, you know, the Thessalonians are amazing because they received us with such joy and they took everything that we said and it, and it transformed their lives, and, which is great if it's true prophets that come in to speak into their lives to bring them the truth and all of that, and it brought transformation to them. But what Paul was saying, actually the Bereans are more noble because when we brought the message to them, the same message, they went away and searched the scriptures to see what we were saying was true. We have a responsibility to search out the scriptures to see that what we are hearing, what we are seeing is true. It's the word of God. We can't just rely on a Sunday morning preach we can't just rely on a TikTok message or a podcast. We have to go to the word of God and say, is this true? Is this what Jesus is telling me to do? Is this how he's making me, wanting me to live out my life? 
reading the Bible is important. Not just little snippets, but chunks of it. Be eating meat. <laughs> when you hear something that you believe is the truth, find out, is it the truth? Just because it sounds like the truth, does it, is it really the truth? Is this what Jesus is saying? And how are you going to respond? You find out, this is the truth. Jesus has just spoken to me. He's brought words into my life. It's the truth. So what am I going to do about it? How is it going to change my life? It's not just that obedience produces good fruit, but Jesus says that disobedience produces bad fruit, thorns and thistles in our lives. For those of you that are asking, so what is this good fruit and bad fruit that, that's produced in our lives? Well, I guess examples of good fruit would be love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. I'm sure there's more as well. And I guess the examples of bad fruit in our lives, thorns and thistles, would be deceit, malice, envy, rage, drunkenness. Sexual sin. Do you know if we do have thorns and thistles in our lives, you know we can ask for help. We don't need to feel ashamed of it. We can repent. And we can ask people to help us, to stand with us, to walk with us, and come on that journey with us, to pray with us. We can ask the Holy Spirit to transform us and help us to produce good fruit in our lives. The Holy Spirit is there to help you, to guide you, to show you what it looks like to walk in wisdom and obedience. Obedience reveals that we are children of God. Reveals that you are a child of God. There are those who are known by God as his children. And then there are those that are not known by him. In John 14, it says this. In verse 23 to 24. Jesus replied, Anyone who loves me will obey my teaching. My Father will love them, and we will come to them and make our home with them. And anyone who does not love me will not obey my teaching. And then John 14, 15 to 18. If you love me, keep my commands. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever the spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him or knows him, but you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. When we love Jesus and receive Jesus, he gives us his spirit. He does not leave us as orphans, but we become his children, his sons and daughters. To show that we love Jesus, we are to 
to keep his commands. And when we keep his commands, it shows that we are his children. Our obedience reveals our love for Jesus and that, that we are his. I love that. I love that how he comes and makes his home with us. Romans 8 says this, Therefore, brothers and sisters, we have an obligation, but it's not to the flesh to live according to it. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if, you, but if by the Spirit you've put to death the misdeeds of the body, you will live. For those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. Have you ever heard anyone say about somebody that, you know, when they behave in a certain way, they behave badly or out of character, they're behaving like a different person. You know, like somebody that they know really well, is like, it's like I don't even know them. They might even know them really well, but because of the way they're behaving, it's like I just don't know who they are when they behave like that. When we love Jesus and obey his commands, our fruitfulness shows that we are his, that we are his children. But when we're living our own way, we're living like, we're living no different to like how the world is living. It's like, well, Jesus doesn't recognize us as his children. He's like, I don't even know you when you're behaving like that, when you're living like that. I don't know, you might say wise things, you might say clever things, you may know all this stuff that you've been taught since you was a child and, and you're able to say it all, but the way you're living your life right now is, I don't even recognize you. If you want to be known by Jesus, if you want him to be proud of you, obey his commands. I love the bit um, in... When, in the Bible where it talks about when Jesus gets baptized in the water and, he, and as he gets up out of the water, the dove comes and rests on him. It's the, the Holy Spirit that comes upon him. And the Father says, this is my son whom I'm well pleased. You know, there's something about that act of obedience of Jesus wanting to live the way his Father is showing him and teaching him. He's an act of obedience, of living right the way his father wants. Cause his father to say, this is my son. I am well pleased. You know, when we live our life in obedience to God, he says, you are my child. I am well pleased. He recognizes you. He knows you. Obedience establishes a solid foundation. Here we are. We have one who builds their home on sand and one that builds it on a rock. Jesus is talking about someone who puts his words into practice. is like a wise man. You know, when you live your life the way Jesus teaches you in this sermon, that when we read the scriptures and we, we see what Jesus is saying to us, these words are life to us. These words are precious to us. These words are what we, we're supposed to take these words, put them in our hearts, 
and live them out. Put them into practice. You know, it matters, the decisions that we make, the choices that we make. It matters to God. It's important to him. The things that we choose, the, the, like if, you know, even like the way we spend our money, that matters to God. The word of God, Jesus talks about being generous. Not um, look chasing after worldly wealth, but seeking first the kingdom of God and all these things will be added to you. It matters to God how we choose to live our lives. Who we marry, the job we take, where we live. You know, God wants to use you. He has a plan and a purpose for you. And you will be more fulfilled, more secure when you live in obedience to him. You will find fruitfulness in your life that is just so wonderful and exciting. That this life is an amazing life to live. And yes, in this life we do have sufferings and troubles. And the winds might come and the water might rise. But when we live our lives on the rock of Jesus' words to us, we will be established. We will not fall. Yes, we may be knocked about and bruised and battered in some way, but this is a beautiful life when we choose to be obedient to Jesus. We don't have to walk this alone. It can be difficult sometimes. We can face challenges. And we need people around us. We need to be part of a community of people. We need to be part of connect groups and small groups and life groups. We need to have people around us that can stand with us and pray with us and help us to make right choices. That we, where we are discipled together. Where we can say, how do we live this life? What does this mean in the Bible that says this, that, and the other? How does this affect my life? How should I be living my life? These things are really important to us. So let's remember that Jesus says, put my words into practice. Because when you do, it produces good fruit. It reveals that you are a child of God. And it establishes a solid foundation in which your life is built upon Let's receive the wisdom of God and make it our own. Amen. Can we have Michelle? Yeah. If we just, just take five minutes just to respond to that word. Because... What I've been talking about to you today, um, it's about like not walking out of this room and just forgetting. Like, you know when you hear something like that God's really spoken to you in your heart and your life, to take a moment and say, God, what is it that I need to be thinking about? What's hindering me in my life that's stopping me from being fruitful? What choices am I making in my life that's preventing me from being obedient to you, God? 
God, I want to be that person who is fruitful. I want to be that person that is known by you. I want to be that person who, whose life is firm and solid. So let's just take a moment to respond to that. I think we've got a song, so please feel free to stand and enter into worshiping and just declaring what it is that you want for your own life. <laughs>